0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bagman Broadcast, episode number four hundred and seventy-one. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes
1: to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Greek. Bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list the comic books that we are looking
2: forward to coming out February 16th,
0: 2022. Why'd you have to swing your arms when you said that? Like, were you, like, Uh, showcasing it, removing the comic books to the next week?
1: Absolutely. I I thought he was, like, hoisting the stack. (laughs) Hoisting the comic books on top of his stack.
0: And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for another one of our trade and policy reviews, where each month one of us picks a trade paperback to read. And, John, uh, this is your baby. So what are we reading this week? Uh, We are reading...
2: What is the book called? Uh, Uh, It's a curse. uh, The The,
1: Curse curse of the White Knight? Yep. Yep. Wait, is this a Batman book? Yeah. Yeah, Batman book's kind of a Batman book.
2: Batman, Curse of the White Knight. Yeah. Written and
1: drawn by Sean Murphy. There
2: you go. Because we all enjoyed and liked Batman White Knight from...
0: Are we going to like this one, which is more of the stuff that we liked from the first one? Stay tuned. Yes. Yeah, I I really like (laughs) it. Um, But something else we always do is we always drink. Not just in our daily lives, but for the show. Um, Mm -hmm. Paul, you're you're on call tonight. Yep. And I woke up extra early this morning, so
1: I've been up for... I don't want to do the counting of how many hours. Uh, But... So I'm not drinking any alcohol, and, you know, I've talked about the teas that I drank before, uh, specialty teas, and those were fun, the Star Wars teas. So I'm going to bring you guys a, a little bit of my breakfast routine right now, and uh, I've I got a sampler pack from Expedition Roasters. Have you guys heard about them? Probably I have no. not. Uh, they do specialty coffee blends inspired by, like, nerd culture. Okay, so, you know, they have a whole series about Disney park rides. They have, uh, like, you know, fantasy stuff, all that jazz. Uh, and their variety pack, I'm going to talk... The first one I'm going to talk about is probably the one that Kid and I liked the most so far. And it's Schoolish Delight. And it's a cinnamon bun coffee. And it's kind of, like, got decorations on it that make it... The packaging makes it look like a uh, Haunted Mansion. Hmm. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they, they balance it well. It's not, like... Um, you know how you get the flavored, co- the, uh, flavored coffee uh, creamers, and those can be really sweet, like overly sweet, and uh, really punch you in the fl- face with flavor. This is, doesn't add any kind of real sweetness to it, to the coffee uh, they're flavoring. I, I ju- usually just drink it black. But it does have a nice, light flavor throughout it. Like, it doesn't just ghost you and go away. <laughs> nice. Ah. I didn't even realize that yeah. I was doing that. Like, but, you didn't, but I caught it. Uh, but this is a good cinnamon flavor throughout. It's not like a big, it's not the cinnamon toast crunch uh, cinnamon coffee creamer. But it's a good, nice round cinnamon with that nice roasted uh, rich coffee. Uh, so I, uh, that's probably my favorite out of the pack. And I'll, depending on how many the um, beers you guys drink, I'll, I might talk about some more.
2: It's blowing my mind that you're drinking coffee at 8.30 at night. Well, I'm not.
1: I'm talking about it even (laughs) though I've had it before. But you already knew that.
2: Oh, I I saw you with a mug. I thought you were actually drinking coffee. I
1: I could have.
0: No, I. But I'm not.
2: I I I saw you with the mug, then you're talking about coffee. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, is that guy (laughs) drinking coffee at this hour? I wouldn't be able to sleep (laughs) until, like...
1: Until tomorrow, if I had coffee at this hour. (sighs) Uh. I started drinking coffee at 3.10 a.m. this morning, so I am ready.
0: I look forward to hearing about more, because, like I said, I have not heard of them. Uh, Living so close to Walt Disney World, I do get to sample a lot of the specialty coffees that they have roasted for (laughs) Disney property from Joffrey's, which is... uh, coffee roaster out of i want to say tampa it's somewhere close by <laughs> but none of them are like themed to anything it's them teaming up with like the executive chefs at the different resorts or restaurants to brew like a specialty blend of coffee for their restaurant uh, and this is right up my alley so yeah uh as soon as you said it's a haunted mansion cinnamon coffee i was uh i was intrigued you have my attention good sir Ooh. But now, John, it's time for you to have my attention. What are you drinking? I am drinking from, uh, this is my first
2: beer from this brewery ever. Uh, and this is from Arrowwood Farm Brewery. Brewery. <clears throat> and this is called Porch Beer. Uh, They're Wild Ale. Um, coming in at 4.8%. Back of the can says, brewed on our farm in the Hudson Valley. This beer is a reflection of the small farm's we support and our vision to create a more sustainable world. This ale, wild ale, uses a hundred percent New York ingredients with native mixed culture, fermented dry for four weeks in oak fooders. And this is a really nice funky Belgian Saison with this really nice tart. It's not like an acidic tart. It's just this really nice tart you get right in the back of your teeth and the cheeks right there. Um, this is just great. Uh, one of my salesmen came in. He said, "I got two beers for you." He gave me a can of this, and he gave me something else. And I looked at him, and he goes, "You you won't. Your company won't let you carry them, but these are just samples I got. They're excellent, and I want you to try them." and um, they are like I'm this is fantastic uh and I grabbed this because I was like oh uh, I'll try it it's low ABV it's a wild ale if I don't like it I can just toss it but this is excellent uh I'm looking forward to trying more beers from them and uh continue to drink this uh it's called porch beer and yeah like I'd love to sit and drink this on a hot summer day like on the porch
0: nice uh, Chris, what are you drinking, bud? I am also drinking something that I would love to drink on a hot summer day on the porch. And this is from Persimmon Hollow Brewing. Uh, Persimmon Hollow is based out of DeLand, Florida, which is about 45 minutes or an hour north of Orlando. But back in 2020, they opened up kind of like a satellite brew pub uh, in downtown Orlando in what's known as like the Lake Eola area. That's basically like where the like Orlando's like Central Park is um, it's kind of right on the edge of like like the cool part of town mm-hmm. um, I've driven past this place multiple times because it's actually on the way to Sideward Brewing and I don't know anybody that stopped by there I haven't heard anything about any of their stuff and I haven't tried any of their beers so the other night uh, after we went out for dinner, we still had some time left before it got too late to do anything. And we were like six minutes away from Persi- uh, Persimmon Hollow. So I was like, hey, let's go check this place out. Uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, we had, we each, Yanni and I had three beers and then we split uh, like in order of their like beer cheese spinach dip. And then I got three six packs to go our tab was $67 that's not bad it was really great um Mm I don't want to dwell too much on the experience but I kind of say it's like a great neighborhood brewery it's if I lived somewhere in that area or if I worked around there it would be a great place to stop by get food like on lunch or after work um and spoilers, I obviously like the beer enough that I brought a bunch of stuff home, so I'll be talking about that tonight. But I'm starting off with their Blood Orange Wheat Ale, uh, sitting at 5% ABV, and everything that I'm drinking is actually canned at their d Brewery, because the stuff that they do at the Lake Eola one is all just kind of like small tank stuff that they just serve right there. Um, I did send you guys the menu, so you can see that on your own time, but uh, anything... <laughs> Anything that they had canned... I looked at it when you sent it. You look at it. Um, Anything that they had in cans, I didn't want to get at the brewery there just because I wanted to try some of the stuff they could only get at the Lake Eola branch. Because they have a lot of stuff that they just brew for there. And just right off the bat, the blood orange wheat ale, it's delicious. It's not overwhelmingly blood orange. It's kind of like drinking one of those... I can't remember the name, but it's like the carbonated water... It has, like, the tinfoil on the top of the can. The l- Pellegrino or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You know yeah, the cans. Uh, it's almost, yeah. Is that okay? No, I think that's right. Uh, that sounds right. I not Yeah. I'm not going to research it. I don't care enough. Um, but it's more, like, that just kind of, like, light sweetness instead of, like, an overwhelming, like, citrus pop with a nice wheat on the back end. Um, $8 for a six-pack of it. I, I don't mind this at all. This is... Just a great get home from work. Uh, read some comics. Talk to your friends about a Beer. Eight eight bucks for a six pack's pretty good pricing, and it's all, all three 12. of the
2: six packs were eight dollars each. I imagine they had to be cheap because you spent three three six packs, uh,
0: six beers, beers and a uh, uh, spinach, spinach beer and cheese dip. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, I, I was boggled when I got handed the check, and I was like. <laughs> No, everything's there. Like, okay, cool. Okay. We're doing this. Well, yeah, no, that sounds fun. yeah really nice, really uh, easy drinking. I already crushed <clears> this can. I just started it like right before we started recording.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah, you can, I mean you can't go wrong with a nice,
2: refreshing beer, especially when you live in Florida, right?
0: Exactly.
1: And you know what else I can't go without? The news. News. Hey, let's go out to the news garden, guys. There's some uh, news over at the casting patch. You know, mm. then we got, uh, Paul's favorite. Here. Yeah. And we got something that I'm uh, excited about coming to Disney plus. So that's right. It's the national treasure TV show. Uh, I think when we first talked about it, they were talking about maybe doing like a TV series, but it was going to be like, kind of like where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Kind of like a, a game show for kids that, but with national treasure theming, uh, this write-up from Deadline uh, with the announcement that Catherine Zeta-Jones has has been casted uh, makes this show seem more like a uh, actual national treasure movie, but it's going to be a series, and it's going to follow a young dreamer uh, here in the United States uh, hunting for a treasure that's Pan-American. So going from South America all the way up to, to Canada, I'm guessing. Um and the Katherineson Jones seems like she's going to be the villain. She she's
2: going to play Billy, a badass
1: billionaire
2: black market antiquities expert and treasure hunter who lives by her own code.
1: Yeah, she's go, she's going to be the Sean Bean.
0: This. The Code of the West? It's Pan-American I'm, I'm told. Oh.
2: Hitch Hitchhiker's Code.
0: Maybe, maybe. No. no, the code.
1: Maybe there's a code for antique ant- dealers. Maybe the code is seventeen. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> have you tried resetting your? Have you tried resetting your code? <laughs> Did he put in an email address yet? How about security questions? Did he try answering your security questions? <laughs> what are you talking about, Paul?
2: <laughs> I, I have no idea. But he is cracking himself up like. It is gold that he has just written.
1: You know, living by her own code. You know, we don't know her code. Well, maybe it's seventeen. Have we tried that? Tried? Maybe try reset. It. Who
0: you has the code? That, who's, who you has the code that's two numbers though? <laughs> what code would only be two numbers? If she lives by her own code. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Uh, also in some TV news coming out from over on Disney Plus, a Lucasfilm executive tweeted the other day that they're excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show debuting in May of 2022 and then the tweet was deleted. No hard fast dates on this, but I think it's good that it means it's going to be coming out soon. Um, it would make sense for them to tie this into Star Wars Day as they've put out other Star Wars related shows or specials during that time frame as well. And I think this is definitely going to be one of the marquee shows that's going to be bringing people in because Man, when they started hyping up Disney Plus, they mentioned that Cassian Andor show and yeah. They they forgot all about that, right? Like cuz yeah, I haven't gonna, seen anything else about it. There's some concept art and then nothing. Is that still going to be a thing? I bought 3 years of Disney
1: Plus for that Cassian Andor show. So if they don't deliver it before my subscription is up, whoo, Nelly, there's going to be a strongly worded email. John right, was- to Bob check
0: back. John, I was kind of setting it up so you could say they already announced season two of it.
2: Oh, yeah, they announced season two of it. I'm sorry, I got Paul did his. Oh boy, I haven't played for three years. I'm an old time prospector too. I only had enough gold for three
1: years,
2: pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they season announced two? season season two before uh, we've even gotten a trailer for for season one. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I'm. A, I think we, all three of us, are excited for what this show could be. Um, but yeah, like he was one of those characters that I just really enjoyed and want to know more about. Um, so yeah, I'm excited, and I'm excited that we'll be getting a season two. And I
0: think it's a good sign too that even though we haven't seen anything from season one yet, that they believe enough in it that they're like, okay. Season 2, let's go! I'm excited because if we're already getting a Season 2,
1: that means it is set back. So, like, it would have been kind of disappointing if we all enjoyed the show and, like, Season 1 ends and it's, like, the start of Rogue One. And then you're like, oh, I guess I guess that's it.
2: It's over. I hear, though, that um, towards the end of the first season, you're going to get two episodes of The Mandalorian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I heard, actually, this, and this is all just rumors, but... The first season is him looking for a secret code that Catherine Zeta-Jones lifts <laughs> It's their most big-brained crossover yet on Disney+. Plus. So, sounds <laughs> legit. Uh, Need other- the secret code to find the secret
1: base to find the secret plans for the secret weapon.
0: Well, a secret weapon? Like... The Ring Forged by the Dark Lord Sauron. Uh, This happened like a week and a half ago now, so it's really not timely anymore. Uh, But Amazon released over 20 character posters in celebration and announcement of the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series that they're going to be debuting later on this year. Uh, What, September 10th was it, officially? I think uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, Might be misremembering the day, but these posters all look really good. It's all mostly just mid shots of people's torsos with them holding some sort of weapon or item with or having a ring on their finger. Uh, And their hands. Not all the hands have rings. Not all. Not all the hands have the rings. A lot of them do, but not everyone does. Uh, A lot of people are speculating who some of these characters are, and they're going so deep into the lore of Lord of the Rings that a lot of these people I don't know. But you know what? I think it's great that it shows off the detail that Amazon put into the costuming and like the props. So I don't know the, we haven't seen a lot from the show yet, but the more I see, the more I'm excited for it. In spite of That's people com- poo pooing the name, because who cares? It's
1: looks. That's better. coming out September second, right?
0: I don't know. I asked and nobody answered anything. Oh, I'm sorry. September second. Paul's too jittery on that coffee he had this I morning. I am too, too jittery. I'm trying to wake up.
1: <laughs> Still trying to wake up, guys. Still trying to wake up. September second, and we don't know the date for Andor except for May. No, Andor, we don't know the date at all. Obi Wan, we know it's going to be May of this year.
0: And that like, was you've been, that was you've Paul been part of the this news. Show. So like, just the news wrap up, up. If you chose to yeah. skip the the Week in Geek and you just <laughs> wanted to get the flower box version of the news garden, it was it was right there.
1: Well, we didn't talk about like the day, like you said Star Wars Day. That's May fourth, right? Yes. Not May twenty fifth, the original release date anymore. Okay, now yes. it's May fourth.
2: Okay. Oh, oh, great! Paul Paul pulled some
0: trivia out of his yeah. out of his ass to show how smart he is.
2: Yep, yep.
1: You're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh, I was gonna try to segue that with Paul pulling something else out of his ass, but I got nothing. Do I do another beer or do we want to do comic books? Uh, let's do comic books because I mean you got we got
2: 15 minutes before both of us have to take a break so Yep.
1: <sighs> Paul so fantastic four are... 40 <laughs> fantastic 440 guys uh again this is like the fifth time it's happened but you know where are we here we are uh the reckoning war now I said i uh I think I was bought the reckoning war or I'm going to buy the reckoning war and it's probably going to be something we're gonna read for the look back I haven't read that yet. So, this is a tie in to the Reckoning War Alpha. So, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I, I have no idea, but still being written by Dan Slot, so there we go. Uh, you know, hopefully it's good. Hopefully, this Reckoning War is good.
2: Chris, uh, what are you, uh. <laughs> what are you looking for, bud? Uh- I'm actually looking
1: forward to... Paul, I love you. I love you so much. (laughs) Doing it. We're doing it, guys. We're recording a podcast. It's happening.
0: I'm looking forward to a new number one coming out this week from Marvel Comics. And this is actually going to be Iron Fist number one. Uh, In some book that I did not read or some crossover that I did not follow, Daniel Rand gave up the powers of the Iron Fist to save the world. uh, And in doing so, the Iron Fist is no more, but now there's a new Iron Fist whose power is maybe coming from somewhere or something else, uh, and it's going to be kind of like that mighty Thor. Like, who is this character? What's their power? Kind of mystery it seems uh, for at least like the first couple issues. Uh, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Michael Yi. I don't know. I see an Iron Fist number one, and I'm definitely willing to check it out. Um, cover looks gorgeous uh cover was done by Jim chung who just does fantastic superhero artwork as it is so yeah this is definitely something i'm going to be picking up and we'll be bringing to the table for our february look back john what you got uh i am looking
2: forward to a book called until my knuckles bleed uh written and drawn by victor santos um And this book takes one of those 90s extreme superheroes uh, who is no longer extreme, and it's no longer the 90s. And he has become a bouncer for probably the people he would have been fighting in the 90s. And now uh, is he going to find a way to become a superhero again? Is he not going to make it? Who knows, but... Is he
1: going to refuse to put lotion on his hands until his knuckles bleed? Yes, he's going to pull a Paul McGowan. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Is he going to become a superhero again, or is he going to continue to work for the Russian mob as a bouncer? Who knows? Uh, It looks interesting, sounded interesting, and uh, I think it's kind of fun that he's a former 90s extreme uh, superhero with the the code name Damager Seventeen.
1: Damager seventeen? I added the seventeen. Oh, it was, oh it was because it's secret code. It's a secret, secret code. It's a code name.
0: Man, that was a lot of comic book stuff to talk about. So I need a I need to quench my palate. Uh, so I'm having another beer from Persimmon Hollow, and this is their Beach Hippie IPA, seven point one percent ABV. Uh, they call this an East coast style IPA brewed with uh, five different hop varieties. Um, yeah, it's definitely East coast. It's a little bit like fruity, but it's not like totally tropical IPA, but again, great, uh, great beach beer. I think it's got like a little VW bus on there with a surfboard. Um, Nice. everything that I had there, like it was all just very nice and very drinkable.
2: I got got Godzilla holding a hop on mine. Whoa. And who makes that one? And and this is from Lawson's Finest Liquids. This is their Hopzilla Double IPA, straight from the Green Mountains to your head. Uh, 8.7%. And this has got a really nice malt sweetness, good hop bitterness, and that hop just like builds to the back of your mouth where it almost feels like... You're chewing on hops. Um, really, really nice. I think I had this beer a couple years ago on the pod and I probably was like, eh, I don't think it's there, right like, for me. But I wasn't into the, I wasn't back into the more bitter West Coast style double IPAs. And this is very reminiscent of that. Um, and I, I like it. It's nice. It's pleasant and it's a sipper. Like, it's not something that I'm going to be like, glug, 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 really guzzling it down. Um, kind of like the, the New Englands, they are just made and are too easy to just crush. This is a beer that's like, hey, I'm big and you need to take your time with me.
1: Uh, my drinks that I like to take time with are uh, drinks that I drink in the morning and that's coffee. And let me tell you, I would love to have a cup of coffee with uh, one Obi Wan Kenobi. And uh, while we were uh, a little bit on break, uh, Chris, you brought some breaking news.
0: Yes, uh, it turns out while we were recording, or at least talking about recording, uh, they announced the date for Obi Wan Kenobi. It'll be coming out May twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Wow. nice. Yeah, oh, nice. Do you have a Do you have a Star Wars coffee? Is that what we are going to be talking about next?
1: Uh, no, but I do have a coffee that I really like that features, uh, black and white cookie. So that's, like, the dark and the light. Okay. Uh, you know, battling against each other. And, it, you know, it it's called Devilish uh, Dame, and it's obviously based off of, um, you know, Coella DeVille, because it's got a, you know, mm. a Dalmatian kind of theme look to it. And black and white cookie kind of like her, I guess, like, uh, Coelha DeVille's thick hair. Really nice, um good chocolate flavor up front finishes with a good vanilla and then a well, little biscuity so oh it's got some biscuits it's got some biscuitness to it really fun um i really enjoyed that one as well i think kate liked it more than the cinnamon one but i can't quite remember and now
2: a germanic reading From X or 10 Lives of Wolverine, page 7, panel (laughs) 3.
0: Who the bloody hell are you?
2: Do you have a gun? And that was a dramatic reading from X or 10 Lives of
0: Wolverine, page 7, panel 3. You never know if it's X or 10. You don't know. You don't know. I mean,
2: 10 lives make sense, but X lives also make sense, right? Because he's an X-Men. Makes
0: a lot of sense. Much like us jumping back to a book that we really enjoyed for our main topic. Uh, with this month's trading policy, like we said up at the front of the show, uh, brought to us by John. So, John, why don't you uh,
2: get us set up? Yeah, so this is Batman Curse of the White Knight, written and drawn by Sean Murphy. And this continues. Um, this continues the world that Sean Murphy set up with um, Batman and the Gotham PD realizing that the elites or the rich people in Gotham uh, are kind of controlling and releasing, releasing the villains back into the city for Batman to continue to destroy the city to. Help make them make money. It's basically the producers with supervillains. <laughs> um, but Batman doesn't want to do it. They're trying to shut down uh, the elites. They have a new thing coming coming out with um, the Napier um, the initiative. Uh, initiative. And this is not looking good for the elites. So they want... Batman to keep being batman to have everything go the way they want it to go uh when batman says no they go to their number two which is bringing in asriel and uh yeah it just goes to mayhem from there and uh i think it's a great take on asriel it's a great take on just in the Batman world, like I didn't realize how much I liked being like. I know, we just read this a couple months ago, and then when I start reading this, I'm like, I love being in this world. I like the take on these characters. I like what what he's doing, and there's little great moments like when Batman. There's only one Batmobile left, and he's like, "This one's always been my favorite." And, like, you gotta be nuts. And then he jumps into the car seat and he's like, let's get nuts then. And he drives off in the Tim Burton Keaton Batmobile. Like, it's just great little nods like that to the Batman world and to tell, like, a unique story within it.
0: So I think originally after we had read this and were talking about it, you had mentioned that the second one had Azrael in it because I feel like... I knew that at some point, but I forgot it because as soon as they started focusing on Jean Paul um, in the hospital and they kind of like zoned in on his tattoo with like angels die by the sword, like quench their blood. And I was like, Oh, is this going to be Azrael?" And then as soon as I was reading, it, I'm like, it is. And I was like, awesome. And I was like, I think I knew he was in this. But that also could have just been from like seeing solicitation stuff on the periphery. Uh, but what, as a 90s comic book, 90s Batman, and 90s Asriel fan, this was right up my alley. And as much as I love that, it's like Sean Murphy said, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we took the Asbat saga and made it good? <laughs> and again, I... I love that era of Batman storytelling, Um, but hell yeah, like this—this was everything I wanted it to be. And I know I said this last time when we talked about uh, White Knight. This is what I wish we were getting with the Earth One Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is such a stronger take on like this character.
2: And not to say, sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you off, no, Paul, go ahead. but not, oh. not to say it's simple, but it's such a simple idea in the way the story progresses. Like, it just seems like, yeah, why hasn't anyone done this? If you're going to do this kind of Elseworld tale, why it, why hasn't this been done before? And why isn't it the Earth-1 Batman? Like, the Earth-1 Batman is just on a whole, with all the stories that have come out with that, aren't... are not good. Mm -hmm. And they're slow in how they set up stuff and how they tweak the characters weren't... weren't great, but this... how they tweak everyone, they keep everybody true, but tell just a different story with them. And it almost feels like it's more of he really loves Batman and Batman stories throughout all the ages... And wants to tell a great great version
1: mm-hmm. of like an Elseworlds world story. Paul, I'm, you can go no, ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, fine. Uh, I was going to say, I, I I cannot understand why this isn't an Earth-1, because this, this is is so steeped in that very specific era of Batman. It's Batman 89 through the 90s. It's It's it's, not.
0: It's steeped in it, but it's still standalone. Like, you don't have to have that frame of reference to who Azrael is or Barbara Gordon or Nightwing. Like, they have reinterpretations of those characters that kind of stand. And, like, if you know them, yeah, it helps having that frame of reference, but I think it's, like, fresh enough. And I can't say 100%. But I think the Asriel action figure I have back on my entertainment center is actually the Curse of the White Knight Azrael. Because looking at that sword, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the sword that my Azrael figure has. Is it something you just got recently? Um, it was a couple months ago. Then, yeah, <laughs> probably it
1: probably is. Because they just released one not too long ago. Um, does, does, it, does it say that he dips his sword in napalm? Uh, it, and then it when he hits a not. button, it ignites it? But someone, but someone then, fill
0: space while I go get it.
1: Uh, and, go ahead, Paul. And then he can also somehow turn off the napalm, which was weird, and not have his whole sheath explode. But whatever. It's comic books. It's yeah. wacky. Um, I definitely feel like Sean Murphy enjoys Batman the uh 1989 movie though with you know bringing out the classic that classic Batmobile uh him having Batman say the line let's get nuts
0: yeah nope, so I just that looks like I the, just dropped uh, the looks like for the him. yeah it, so I'm holding it up to the camera and like I'll put up a picture of it but it looks like that version of the Azrael cuz he does have like the wing tassels but the sword actually has removable yeah. flames on it. Uh, I just and he's got the he's got the badge. Yeah, he's got the, the like the symbol. He's got like the pauldron over the other shoulder. Um, I just saw it and like was like cool. Asriel figure at Target. Spent twenty bucks on that. Uh, lo and behold, turns out it's from a kick-ass, t- like different take on the character.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this story, like, had a really good ramp. And then that third act, I'm having a hard time with. Like, I, I liked... Oh, the Joker has this mystery. He's He's got this whole thing. He set up all these pieces. So I'm, I'm here just to watch the dominoes fall, and Batman try to stand in between two dominoes to keep everything from falling apart, even though the domino, dominoes are, are, are falling fast fast and hard. Um, you know, with... Alfred being dead. Which I'm like, all oh, right. Alfred Alfred's dead in this book. Uh, oh right, Batgirl and the uh, and Nightwing are part of the Gotham City Police Department kind of. Yeah, they're like deputized. You know, I, and I'm like, where's Killer Croc? And then I forgot, nope, nope, that's Earth-1. And also Batman, Robin, Robin and, and Batman. Robin
0: and Batman,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, nope. So, you know, there was a lot of readjustment that I had to do while reading this book. But... That that setup at the very beginning, I was like, yes, I'm in. Unlike that first story where it was like, oh, Batman's like it's oh, this is a police brutality story via a la Batman. This this seemed like more of a Batman story where it's the Joker setting up a mystery or knowing something, having some secret knowledge. Um and that was fun, and I really feel like I fell off after page what one hundred and I tried to look it up one hundred and fifty eight, because I felt like that was kind of the end of the story, and then it went on for another like sixty pages.
0: It it does go it's, on for a while. I'm trying to it, find page one fifty eight to see like it's what the like the cutoff was for you. Was that everybody's hanging out like
1: everybody won? You know they everything's kind of thing uh, taken care of, and then. Uh, john ah, see, paul valley I, I, is puking and then goes to grab a pill and i'm like and he goes to the last one and i'm like oh so he's gonna just die now
0: oh no i and then
1: also and then it kept on like no going and i'm like and then bruce you know and bruce is like i gotta
0: be i gotta stop I, being that man like, i yeah, like, cool. the, I'm like being Batman. everything that follows like in that like chapter or issue however you want to look at it is that's the calm before the storm like that's Batman walking around kind of making his peace with everybody Mm -hmm. because he knows what he has to do. And it's the thing that he never thought he was going to do. But now he realizes it's the only way for the war to end. And it's basically like I have to go all out and then I have to turn myself in. Like this is going to be the only way I'm able to end this and actually finally make Gotham safer. And That's what leads up to the let's get nuts moment, which Mm -hmm. I do feel like this was a book more than anything else. Like, as I was going through, I'm like, oh man, this is really long. Oh, it's still going. It's still going. I I did warn you guys. I said it's a big book. It's a big book. And then when I got to the end, I'm like, there's still so many pages left. And it's because there's that Victor von Fries. No, I didn't Sorry. read that. I, um I, I paged through it because I was like, oh, this is not done with the same care and quality mm-hmm. of the the White Knight books proper. I don't need to see this. And then there was like a cover gallery after that and then some like pencil artwork like sketch stuff. Um
2: But it's 8 8 issues
0: mm-hmm.
2: without that um, without the um, the Victor Van Fries one. And they're they're big issues. Like, you know, it's not just... Uh, it doesn't feel like it's just, like, a simple comic book in a trade. Like, yeah. these are big issues.
0: Yeah,
2: and they're, it's, they're black label.
0: They're, it is black label, and it's definitely a little bit harder edge. There's some salty language in it. There's some blood. Um,
1: There's some salty language for no reason other than putting it in there. Like, I was taking, like... It,
0: who who put
1: you in charge, uh, Montoya? And then she goes, James, Commissioner James, goddamn Gordon. And I'm like, really? Really? I
2: didn't. Yeah, but that was, I mean, that, oh,
0: oh,
1: hush,
2: she said
0: goddamn. No, it's oh, just get
1: like. get out of here. That salted. head. hate weird." But it's, it's just like, like ridiculous. Like the last time you have why? something
0: like that, though, was the All Star Batman the God- Robin, and then yeah. that it became like a meme at that point.
1: But I think in I'm this, the it's goddamn Batman. I'm less, like, yeah, it, I. It, I'm just saying, it took me out
0: of it. I'm this dead. suits that more, though. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what to say. That's not going to be a complete retread of. Like Gotham's White Knight, or I can't remember what the first volume was called, because I absolutely White Knight. I absolutely loved that book, and I loved this one too. And it did have like Paul, like you said, it took me a little bit to get acclimated to it because I've read so many different takes on Batman and different viewpoints of that like initial Batman story that I kind of had to find my feet again to jump into this book completely. But once I got back into it, I was like, "Okay, yes, I'm back in this world because i I loved it, and I still think this is one of the best Harley Quinns that we've had in any version of like that yeah. character. They did a Harley Quinn
2: series of her with i with I believe her kids grown up a little bit, and I was like, Oh, like I'll grab that, but it's not written by Sean Murphy. So it's like, I don't know if I want somebody else to take on this character. And
0: I, is it Peter Tomasi? No, it's uh, two then. people I don't know their name. I, oh, don't. I don't know. And that's what I get to because same thing, like the, the Victor Freeze story that was in the back. As soon as I started going through it, I'm like, oh, this isn't Sean Murphy. This is someone telling a story in this universe, which it's a cool universe, but I think... It's best told under his guide, like with him right. writing and drawing it. And it's not just because it reads well and it looks amazing, but I think he has such a grip on what like that white knight universe is that he he has to do it. Yeah. Anything else is just going to be um, like, a, like pale in comparison to it.
2: Can, can I – he's uh, – Sean Murphy has teased what his next book in this is going to be. Uh, and it's beyond the White Knight, where it's going to be Terry McGinnis and uh, Batman J- Beyond, Jason Todd's world. So,
0: well, I mean, cause Jason, they,
2: Jason Todd is going to be in they, it as they well. They teased Jason
0: because... Todd at the end there, and I was mm-hmm. excited to see where that was going to go because they did mention Jason at one point earlier on. Maybe it was later on in the book. Um, but I'm like, okay, like, so he does exist in this version of the universe, but you don't get to see him,
1: which I thought was weird because we, I think in the first book we were like, oh, they kind of combined Jason or yeah, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson here. Like, you know, they, they kind of seemed, you know, Dick Grayson doesn't seem like our Dick Grayson. He seems edgier and like always at odds with Batman more, much more like a Jason Todd, um, yeah. yeah, I I feel like Sean Murphy. Yeah, wants to be the only person that writes this. Maybe maybe he heard that people wanted to do other characters out of it, and that's why he made sure to kill them all. <laughs> just kill them, you know. Just just have them dead.
2: I think I think the the end of Joker within this, it definitely works, especially with with the Harley Quinn that we get in this. I think killing off John Paul uh, uh, John Paul Va- Valley is definitely works within this world and with within that character mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I, I and, and and how how the book ends? Like, I I think everything about this works within the world that he has created mm-hmm. for this Batman world and where it could go from there. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see where what he has planned next. Um, will I buy it issue to issue? Yes, I will. I'm I'm on board for Sean Murphy's Bat World that he's created where it is him doing it. So I think I'd have to look into the reviews of the the Harley Quinn book to Mm. see if it fits within that world.
0: The Harley Quinn book, he is credited as a writer for it alongside Katana Collins, um, who I'm not familiar with, but I would do like the legwork just to see if he's like actually like writing it in conjunction with someone else or if it was kind of like that Executive producer, the, like it's
2: my, it's it's his, it's his create, it's his world, his crea-
0: his created version of Harley. Uh, and then, fun fact: the art for the book was done by Mateo Scalera, whose name I recognize. And when I clicked on his uh, DC database page, it turns out Mateo Scalera was born the exact same day I was, October twenty first, nineteen eighty two. So, uh, and then I'm looking at his art right now, and was like, oh yeah, he's a cool artist. Who his style does seem to fit. That White Knight universe, and he's done other books that we've picked up, so we've probably seen his artwork on other stuff, or at least covers for it. So I don't know. This is something that I would not be against checking out. Um, will you buy it? Then? Okay, maybe I will. <laughs> and then I'm not going to. Your... Then I'm not going to let you read it.
1: Oh, how? I don't know. How could it's <laughs> going to buy it in a physical tree? Yeah. Um, He'll be like, you have to pry it from my warm, sweaty hands. Oh. Once he's done well, I was going to say, I'm, never I'm, I'm drinking
0: nice, uh, crispy, crunchy IPA. So they're not that oh. cold right now. Um,
2: I I really enjoyed this book. I can see I had that moment where I was like, boy, this is like Lord of the Rings. It's got like three endings. Yeah. I, I can
0: I'm sorry it. I was looking at the page where uh Batman like cuts his artery with a sword and I'm like, oh, you're saying it's like Lord of the Rings because there's swords in it and then you're like yes, <laughs> and I'm like oh okay yeah that makes that makes more sense um
2: yeah, it's just I, I just I really enjoy this and when I when I bought this book and I bought it right after we reviewed and talked about uh, the first one, I think that night or the next day I started reading it and I read probably like most of the first issue. And then when we said we were going to do this, I was like, well, I'm going to start it. And I was like, Oh, I I read that. I read the beginning. I'll just, maybe I'll just keep reading from where Mm -hmm. I did. And then I started like panel, you know, flipping back through the panel and I was like, Oh yeah, John Paul's sick. Oh, the Joker was in the beginning, and I like—I was like, I just gotta—I'll re- just reread the beginning again, and I'm glad I did because I was like, I totally forgot about, <laughs> totally forgot about all of this in the two months it was since I read that first issue. Um, I, 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 I can see Paul where you were—you would be like, I thought it was over, and it keeps going.
1: Well, yeah, because it was a ramp, and I thought they reached a natural like climax and pinnacle because they figured out the mystery. They did all that; now the mystery solved and over. Like so, the cli- the climax of where this what the beginning of the story was promised, which was oh, this is a great mystery, this watch these dominoes fall that Joker is setting up, versus the end fight with. Asriel is then just kind of like t- it felt more tacked on, like it was more fight scene. Uh, post uh, the, the the dramatic conclusion,
0: I I feel like if it ended where you wanted it to, it would not have been a satisfying ending because there's still so much stuff left dangling that you don't yeah, but you don't get everybody coming. But to it's the- also a comic book. So it's yeah, like, but
2: you got to get a wrap just, up because you would feel for, like, well, what what did happen? What what happened? Mm-hmm. He just gets kicked off the building and then runs away, like mm-hmm. he wasn't beaten. And when you see him when it, when he comes back and he's like vomiting and he's taking his pills, like yeah, he wasn't beaten. He just got kicked off a
1: building. He, yeah, he's ter- but his terminal cancer. So when he goes and opens up the thing, like I'm like, oh, okay. So there's either like like there's no more medicine left. Like, I could see that happening, and then you would see him slumped over dead at, at the sink, and that would be the conclusion of the book, instead of him popping one more Well, pill.
0: he had that one more, and it's even posited at the very beginning of the book, where it's like, hey, you gonna, you know, die on your back due to cancer, or are you gonna die on your feet standing up to, like, the city and what it's done to your family, and it's that that's the moment. Like that's him like cocking the gun, like just one more. Like he's got to make this one count because he's going to go out how he, how he wants to go out.
2: What do you think about the history uh, yes. that was teased? So that, yeah. I'm more,
0: I'm more interested in Chris's. <laughs> okay. Yeah. well, I was, I was going to use this as a chance to get up and get in my next to be here. Um, I, one of my least favorite things about Batman books is them having to always try to tie everything into Gotham's past, Gotham's history. Um, I I like those through lines, but I don't necessarily want to read them. Um, am I cool with swashbuckling pirate Edmund Wayne? Yeah, it's... Like, a fun story. Um, I think it was a story that needed to be told to set up all of this with, you know, Bruce Wayne not even being a real Wayne. Like, I think that was kind of the underlying current in the book. is like, yeah, what you think you know, you really don't. And that ties into everything else going on with the elites. Um, yeah. If it was, like, a whole Edmund Wayne book, I don't... I don't think I would read it. Like, even if it looked as good as this, like, I don't, I don't need that story. I was cool seeing it in like backup stuff. But again, like even with the Scott Snyder, like gates of Gotham stuff, like I, mm. it's cool. Like I'm glad people put work and thought into it, but it doesn't, it doesn't move me. Like those are the pages that I'm looking at just to be like, okay, how's this going to tie into the story that I'm reading now? Cause it's not interesting enough on its own. It has to be read as part of what you're currently reading.
1: The last time I cared about the backstory for uh, for Arkham and you know learning the family history of Arkham was when it was an unlockable achievement to collect them all <laughs> and Batman Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Um, like so, yeah, uh, so that wasn't an cool, and then that that actually didn't come to any kind of real fruition either. The Lafferty. Lafferty Arkham, like, that was just, like, the murder, the, the, uh, the, the Mr. Body of the case, like, oh, who's this, why, why is this guy dead, Who was this guy, um, uh, it actually sets everything else, uh, away, uh, what was I gonna say, I forgot, I don't know, I had something, then I forgot it. Oh, the Waynes didn't even have any money anyway, so that's why they came to America. So does it really matter who... who, What's the name of the family that actually gained the money in America? It's not like Thomas... It's not like Bruce Wayne's ever really gone over to England and like, Oh, yeah, my estate over here that my family owns. Like, maybe he did in Batman International. I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so yeah. either. So... He just has a A lot of people here in America have a different surname, you know, because of Ellis Island. So does it really matter? You know,
2: I was just interested, like what the it's the the outcome of that. John, pa- John, pa- Paul, John Paul Valley is really the Wayne and mm-hmm. and then the killed I, and s- stolen. And I, I just thought it
1: was. It's fun with this story, but if they try to do that anywhere else, like in, in any kind of ongoing other than this world, it would drive me batty. It would
0: oh yeah, it's, at that point, uh, yeah, it's I'm, too Ben. Ben yeah. the actually like the real Spider Man yeah. the whole time. Yeah. But you know, yeah. an Elseworlds Black Label thing. Uh, yeah. I, I like it. It's a it's a fun mystery. Uh, that's just in the background of like a really well done Batman book. And gorge. I love Sean Murphy's art.
1: Every once in a while, I'm like, "What is he doing with his eyes? What is he doing with people's eyes?" Constantly, uh, like, just
0: uh, see that didn't distract me as much as like the Green Lantern Doug Mankey eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, um...
1: no, but you know, like sometimes they're are proportions, Sometimes they aren't. They're just like he like, and they're never really. He does a very sketchy. Uh, You know, uh, f- uh, cartoonish, not sketchy, uh, very sketchy facial features, but they're never very emotional other than yelling. You know, it's not like his characters are cartoony in such a way where they're expressive and they're very, they, they show uh, every bit, every emotion. I think they show,
0: I think it's two the characters that you're dealing with are angry. I'd say the characters you're right. dealing with cuz look at any of the panels that ha- have Harley in it make like, there's mm-hmm. more emotion there. Okay. Like you f- Well even like there there's a picture
2: of uh, Barbara and Dick giving Bruce a hug before he's taken to mm-hmm. jail and it's a very simple but you can see on on their faces just there's a mo- there is a motion there. You can see it. And it's just by just a couple lines. I, I know – I I can see what you're saying, Paul, and I will agree to a certain part of it. Right. That it is – he does do a very simple list. Uh, I'm not – simple list. Uh, very – Compact, very... Compact, easy. One line, just, very... Yeah. Efficient. Can, can, efficient story. Efficient. Mm-hmm. Efficient. Simple. But then he can also go above, depending on what the character is. Uh, the character. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, his Harley stuff, she's always got big blue eyes. She always looks really well done, like, put together. Mm-hmm. And when she's drawn, too, he doesn't really give her the sketchy, scratchy, dark, shadowy face. She's always kind of more like a big, bright symbol in it.
1: Because every once in a while, I, you know, going through it, I was like, does Batman have mutton chops? Like, or is that his cowl that's pulled up, like, but not all the way down? Like, every once in a while, you know, I'm like, then sometimes, I'm just picking nits here on it. Like, um... Well, he does have
2: that cut. He's got the on his suit. He's got that cut in, and then it goes down.
1: Right? No one. He has the mask pulled off, so the ears aren't up. But it almost oh, looks okay. like I, I was chopped. trying to.
0: I mean, he has sideburns, like but they're button, not. Yeah, they're not mutton chops. I think that's just like the cross hatching he's doing to show like the mm-hmm. definition of the cheeks. Okay. Well, red like mutton chops. Do you, do you want mutton chops? No. Okay.
1: I don't want. I don't want a Batman mutton chop. Because he would have to like put a bat symbol in the mutton chop somehow.
0: <laughs> um, so I with his bat razor, I did look at some of the preview pages for the Harley Quinn book, and it seems to be more in line with the the White Knight books than the the Victor Freaks one. So I, I think it might be worth a shot. It's still a little bit pricey because I think it's like five or six issues long, and they're still like five bucks each. So it might be like I'll pick up the trade for. I think it was like 18 because they pricey. But I I think continuing on, like this is one of the best different takes on Batman.
2: I a hundred percent agree. I'm, I was as enthralled with this as I was the first volume.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I said everything I was going to say about it. And uh, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I was I was going to ask you, Paul. Do you do? You, obviously, you like the first
1: one better. But even the first one, I feel like you had your yeah. I had my problems with problems with, and I liked this one. It was fine. I just I was as I was reading it, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm on a. I feel like I'm on that ride right up. This is really great pacing. I'm really enjoying this. This is reading really fast. This is great. Oh, we're at the like okay, we understand all this. All these pieces have now fallen into place. It's got to be over. Okay, it's still going. You know, it's going to wrap up, though, here. And then, you know, so, like, I had that thought right before the turn of, man, Sean Murphy really paced this story out so well. The, the climactic fight happens right, as, as the climactic mystery is solved. Everything's wrapping up here cool and then it kept you know then there was like 60 more pages and I was like oh Uh, and that's my only net pick it was still enjoyable the fight you know Dick Grayson like basically being the one that rips out the carburetor or whatever gets to Batman first and you know stops him from killing him there but then they go then there's another fight (laughs) The Reservoir, yeah. But you know, it's, it's like that annoying boss at, in a video game where you have to beat him three times because every time you beat him, he actually comes back with his other form, and you're like, you know, I just want to go to bed here. Like, I just, I thought I was done. I thought I won. What? Oh, gee Now I got to fight you at the Reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't feel
0: that way. Come
2: on, dog. Uh, and Chris, you just opened a new beer, so let's do your last beer review, and then we'll end the podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, my third and final beer, also from Persimmon Hollow, is their Hula Hula Hazy Tropical IPA, also 7% ABV.
1: Mm, sounds like it a good beer to drink at the reservoir.
0: Uh, I would love to drink this at a reservoir, like in front of a nice uh, sword Swordfire. Um, it definitely hits those tropical notes, like a nice little pineapple citrus on it. Uh, I see tropical melds, hazy tropical flavors of passion fruit, peach, hibiscus, juicy citrus. I don't think that's brewed with it. Um, I think those are just tasting notes for it. but um, Solid tropical IPA. I think it drinks pretty easy for something that's 7%. Um, If you have a six-pack of this, probably don't sit there and crush them all because it'll sneak up on you, but um, Persimmon Hallow. Great showing. I enjoyed all the beers that I had there and got to try the other night. Um, When you guys come down, is it a must-stop? I don't think so, but it's definitely somewhere that I'll be stopping by again if I'm in the area and I don't want to go to Sideward or Deadwards, which is also... Right by there as well.
1: You know what else is uh, isn't a must-stop, apparently? The Elites! Even though Batman said that he was going to track them down, as soon as he realized that his company was funneling their money, he's going to shut down his company. But the, the, the Elites already have their money. That's they, They'll just funnel their money somewhere
0: else. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to make any more money off of him, at least. Right. But they're still going to be able to make money. He, re- he didn't stop on. They're still going to make money, but he realized that they're not going to make money off of him anymore, and that was his his term. Like, no, I'm I'm stopping this. I'm shutting it down. All my money's going into like beneficiary funds, build schools, libraries. Uh-huh. Like, and guess he- who's
1: going to get those administrative costs? Who's going to be running those nonprofits? Those elites. And every dollar that you give to those nonprofits, well, guess what? Ninety cents goes to the administration.
0: I, I guess we'll see how all that works out when he does his uh, Beyond the White Night.
1: Yeah, uh, hopefully,
0: hopefully it works out. And hopefully, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it will. I mean, the fact that the book exists means that stuff's not working. Out. <laughs> exactly, didn't work. Well, if you guys had a chance to check this book out. Uh, let us know emails over at bagboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the pages that we run, that we post about any of the shows that we're doing. Uh, let us know what to read next. Let us know what to drink next. Uh, Can't wait till Batman beats up on Susan G Coleman. It's going to oh, be so good. Just <laughs> She's going to tie a pink ribbon around her neck. Let us know if it's X lives or 10 lives. Um, you know, <laughs> the usual.